Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of June 28th, 2022, and episode number 521. And this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. Uh, we've got uh, 85 or 84 days of summer left, so you better enjoy it. Uh, we've got the peak of summer coming up here once we hit July. It seems like it's uh, it's almost over, though. I don't know. I know in uh, the retail world, once you hit July 5th, it's all about back to school. And uh, forget about the garden season. It's over. Shut it down. Let's move on. Uh, but uh, it's, it's been a nice early summer so far. It's only been summer for a week. But... Uh, I'm enjoying it, enjoying the heat, enjoying the uh, the plants, just nice weather, no snow, which is great here in Ohio. And of course, we've got a lot of uh, celebrations coming up. we got Canada Day on Friday, July 1st, the 4th of July, of course, on the 4th of July in the United States. they got to make it easy for us, or otherwise we wouldn't know what day it was on. Uh, so yeah, July 4th, Monday. It's like the Cinco de Mayo. What day is Cinco de Mayo on? It's on the 5th of May. Um, so some big celebrations here. Going to have a lot of fireworks, I'm sure. But uh, celebrations and probably a lot of protests here in the United States. Because people never seem to get what they want. No matter what we get. Uh, but that's the American way. Got to fight for what you want. Even if you get what you want, you still got to disagree with something and argue. And set things on fire. That's just the uh, the American way. That's what we do. We like to knock over cars and throw bottles through people's windows and all sorts of fun stuff over things that have nothing to do with all that. But uh, we're an angry group of people, I guess. I don't know. But uh, great. Now they're going to start protesting my show, but that's okay. Uh, but today it is kind of uh, halfway through the year. It's kind of how you look at it. Uh, the end of June six months in and so we got six months to go for the year and uh, we've seen some years where it's been really really barren as far as the paranormal news is concerned through the first half of the year then it's non-stop craziness the rest uh, but we'll see uh, hopefully we haven't peaked out as far as paranormal stories are concerned but you never know and there could be some Strange things afoot. I know there's a lot of uh, interesting things about to happen as far as uh, going into space is concerned. It's, it's going to be a really big thing, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it kind of takes off, no pun intended, uh, for, for the younger generations. I, you know, I grew up in the space shuttle era, and uh, I, I looked, and I was one of those kids. Hey, you were either one of the the uh, you wanted to be an astronaut or you wanted to be a police officer. You know, they always said that. And I kind of wanted to be both. I wanted to be a, a space cop, I think. But you know, I always wanted to do both. 
very interested in both, but uh, kids don't care about either one of those anymore. They just want to be a an influencer, pretty much. That's all the, the goals are. And hopefully little girls don't want to become a Kardashian, because that would be tragic. Uh, but now with uh, us talking about going to the moon, and we're going to establish a, uh, a space station and travel to the moon a lot and potentially to Mars soon. Hopefully that will inspire young people to get back into science, get back into space uh, because they've gone pretty much a whole generation of not really having much to be excited about, about going into space, but we'll see what that part of the year has uh, in store. And today is kind of a, uh, historic day. We'll wrap up talking about that as far as going into space. Uh, but yes, tonight we're going to talk the midpoint, the midway of the 2022 paranormal news season. So midseason recap. Uh, but first, we got a, a few stories to talk about. We got uh, one that's near and dear to me here in Ohio. We always have these stories of these um Loose creatures that aren't supposed to exist. Uh, you know, years ago I talked nonstop about mountain lions being out here in Ohio, being in the east of the United States. Um, we talked about zebras last year. Uh, we've talked about uh, alligators a lot the last few years being seen all throughout the northeastern United States, even the Midwest. And we've seen... Uh, all sorts of uh, what, caracals and servals the last couple of years have become pretty popular stories uh, running around. Uh, but now we've got uh, we've got sharks in Lake Erie, supposedly. Uh, that's the latest viral story going around. Um, but I tell you, I, I feel weird about this. Like it just never popped up in any of my news feeds, and I, I feel like. I was not ready for this. It's pretty rare that people will tell me about a story that I've not heard before. And uh, my wife actually told me about this story. She asked me if I heard about the sharks in Lake Erie. And I'm like, wait, what? And uh, well, it was Facebook. I don't spend all that much time on Facebook anymore. So if it happens on Facebook, I've got to read about it in the news because I'm not really probably going to hear about it on Facebook, more than likely, unless I'm really bored that day. Uh, so it's pretty rare that a story is over and buried before I even get a chance to hear about it. But uh, this story uh, actually spent quite a bit of time today researching. I heard about it last night, so it's, it's already over. But uh, I uncovered the truth, so that's all that matters. I did more work on this than anybody else so far that I've seen. Um, it's kind of rare that this kind of stuff happens in Ohio, but uh, back on June 23rd, uh, early in the morning, about I think it was five in the morning, a uh, person posted photos on the Lorraine, Ohio public Facebook page, and they had uh, three sharks. There are three photographs of sharks swimming in the surf, so the waves of uh, kind of clearish green water. When I saw the pictures, uh, I could tell it wasn't Lake Erie. I've lived along Lake Erie my entire, pretty much my entire life. And I visited, uh, I've seen uh, both the Atlantic Pacific Ocean, I've seen uh, from 
various beaches on the ocean side and then the bay side of Florida, all throughout the Caribbean, all along the coast on the Pacific. But uh, I could tell that this was not Lake Erie. It just didn't look like the right color green. Um, but there was a lot of speculation, as per usual, on this page. People were going back and forth. Uh, the post was accompanied by the description that said, uh, Sharks in Lake Erie, be careful. And the post was shared nearly 400 times and had at least 200 comments. Uh, many people were quick to point out that there were no sharks in Lake Erie. Uh, duh. Although there have been reports of sharks uh, washing up on the shore. Those are probably just uh, dumped into the water. I think Lake Michigan, uh, Lake Huron, and Lake Erie have had reports of shark carcasses, small baby sharks, wash up. Uh, again, more than like they're not going to make it that small from the ocean to Lake Erie. Uh, so they're more than likely just dumped. And I've heard uh, from people who have read the story or seen social media posts about this, uh, saying that these photographs have been seen described in other freshwater lakes and that the uh, three photographs purportedly originated from Puerto Rico. Uh, and in one of the original thread where this uh, kind of started, yeah, the USA Today, actually a subsection of USA Today, uh, posted about it. Um, I remember the name of the site, but they posted about this um, well, a couple days ago, two, three days ago. So um, they kind of got to the bottom of it, but they didn't really go too far. And it doesn't take an internet sleuth to see the original poster was a graduate from Lorraine High School, and he currently lives in Puerto Rico, according to his Facebook profile, which is as true as you're willing to accept. Uh, in the comments, there is a post of a, uh, a screen cap on a, on a cell phone showing a post from Puerto Rico with these same three photographs. So a lot of people just made up their minds that this came from Puerto Rico because of those two things. That makes sense. Somebody posting this from Puerto Rico and uh, a different post of somebody else. Uh, but I don't stop there. Um, I don't uh, stop there. I don't take people's word for it. I got to figure it out on my own. It's just how I am. And there was a lot of speculation as you read through the comments. Uh, people were arguing about um, uh, various sharks. Uh, being seen here and being seen there and in Illinois and all these other places. And could it happen? It could it not happen. And a lot of people were pretty, pretty good on their research into bull sharks, which could happen, could live in freshwater. Um, but a lot of other, you know, throwing of things at each other. But, um, now, the same three photographs, it's not hard to do research. And it's great to see uh, people actually doing research on stories like this, not just saying, that's eh, fake. That could really happen. It's real. You know, people are actually uh, using their mouse on a computer, or uh, I don't know how else they do it on their phone, but uh, people are looking through Google search and finding different things. And um, there was one person who did comment that it came from Florida, and he is pretty much attacked by all the other people saying, no, it's definitely from Puerto Rico because we figured it out. Uh, but if you do trace it back, it's not hard. 
you can find uh, it's nice when it's three pictures. Usually you only get one and it's a little harder to figure things out. But when you have three pictures, uh, you can research and try to backdate all three, which uh, made it really, really easy for me to figure this out. Uh, it uh, actually originated uh, in Florida. The same three photographs were shared quite a few times from various Florida Facebook groups and did originate from the page called Unseen Florida. Back on May 2nd of this year, the photographs were taken by Danny Whittington near Cape Canaveral, Florida, and he's you know, credited with the photographs, uh, which if you didn't take the pictures, you're not going to say that uh, you were credited with the pictures. You'd be pretty gutsy to say that. And no other mention on the, uh, I think I found it like five or six times on Facebook, no mention of anybody taking those photographs on any of those other posts, just basically shared the way they were and claims that they were taken uh, at various beaches around the world, uh, mostly here in the United States. A couple of freshwater lakes I did find uh, but uh, some in other places in Florida. And they all happened after May 2nd. So go figure. Uh, how could you take the same exact picture weeks later or a month later? So uh, I did reach out to uh, <clears throat> Danny Whittington for a comment. And uh, he said he's never been to Lake Erie. Well, you're not missing much. Don't worry. Don't, don't make travel plans to come up here because uh, – you're not going to find sharks, and it's not that exciting once you've been to Florida. Uh, he has been to Cape Canaveral, and that is where the pictures were taken. He did say he took hundreds of photos that day due to the high amount of sharks in the surf. Uh, so I take his word. I do believe that uh, he is definitely the one that uh, did take the photographs. Nah, I can't bash Lake Erie. I've spent a lot of time swimming in Lake Erie, uh, had quite a bit of fun. I dove a couple of miles off the shore. I used to take uh, inflatable boats out there, way out there, a couple of miles out. Got in trouble once by the Coast Guard. It's never good uh, if you're out on the lake in an inflatable boat and you can barely see the shoreline and you notice that boats are going between you and the shore. That's not a, usually a good sign, so uh, I had to paddle back in before I drifted all the way to Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, get arrested for crossing the border, maybe, as a kid. I don't know if that was legal back then. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. Just didn't want to go over the falls. Niagara Falls, that's all I was afraid of. Um, so, yes, Danny Winnington did take these pictures. And, unfortunately, we do see a lot of this copy-and-paste stuff, people uh, laying claim to photographs or that they took uh, were taken at different places than when they actually were. I uh, we see that all the time here in the paranormal, but uh, I, I guess out in the normal world all the time, it happens, especially with panicky things like that. But it's pretty good to see that a lot of people didn't believe all the bull, and it was bull. Uh, now, the sharks weren't bull sharks. They were different types of, of sharks, but uh, bull sharks are the only types of sharks of the 375 species of sharks that are able to recycle salt in their bodies in order to survive in fresh water. Uh, other sharks will die due to their cells rupturing from the lack of salt intake. So 
Uh, obviously, you know sharks. They don't uh, they don't come up for air. Well, they do uh, move water through their gills, and so that salt is a, a vital part of their body. But uh, bull sharks are able to uh, survive in uh, not just brackish water, so not just salt, salt and freshwater mix, but are able to get into fresh water for a time. Well, that's going to live there year-round, uh, but they do live in some areas. There's three areas that I've found that uh, bull sharks will occasionally be seen in. Uh, one of which is Lake Pontchartrain in Louisiana. Um, there's been uh, a few shark attacks in Lake Pontchartrain, and that's, of course, was famous uh, back when uh, they had a little hurricane back there a few years ago. I'm not sure if you heard about that. Uh, also, Lake Nicaragua in Nicaragua. They uh, move up into that lake. And the water hazard at the 14th tee at the... Uh, Carbrook Golf Course in Brisbane, Australia. Or is it Brisbane? I don't know. People always correct me on things like that. Uh, but Brisbane, Australia. It'd be kind of cool to see sharks swimming at a golf course at a water hazard. And of course, these sharks, uh, they enter from areas for the ocean. Again, through brackish water. So water mixed with... Uh, salt and fresh water and i've had the chance to uh sample that as a kid i remember uh dad took me out to uh, up to maine and so we we're on a, a friend's boat going up the Saco river and you could sample the water he's like uh the guy's like yeah put your hand in the water and taste the water which i don't know if that was smart back in that time in the 80s or, or 90s whatever it was uh, but you could tell you know it's fresh water and as we moved closer to the ocean you could you could Definitely taste that salty uh, water in, in the ocean, but it was or the uh, the river, but it wasn't overwhelming. And of course, I've uh, more than once accidentally swallowed salt water, which is kind of disgusting to think about when you realize how many organisms could be in a gulp of water. But you get it. If you've ever been to the ocean, I'm sure you've had that happen. So you know how salty that water can be. Um. You know, interesting enough, too, when I was doing research, one of the first things I saw was there is actually a book titled Sharks in Lake Erie. It's kind of a dual meaning. Uh, there's a line in the book that says there are no sharks in Lake Erie. And the uh, book was written by H. John Hildebrandt, and it's fictional. It's kind of a dual meaning sharks because there was like mafia type people, I guess, in the book. I haven't read it came out last year about a year ago but uh, i did put it on my little list of books and yeah, maybe one day i'll read that book kind of cool uh, another big story uh just uh peaked last night i wasn't sure how big of a story it was going to be today uh, but people were going absolutely insane last night as uh, strange lights were seen off the coast of california caused a lot of panic uh, people arguing over what was going on, uh, people packing their bags and flying out to Cleveland. No, they weren't doing that. But uh, people were uh, flooding social media, uh, calling the uh, local media, and were very concerned about these bright lights off the coast. Of course, with all this UAP talk and reports, especially off the coast of Southern California, people were a little bit concerned when they could see these bright lights hanging out over the ocean. Uh, of course, Tons of speculation that these were, in fact, UFOs. 
Uh, the lights were kind of hanging in the sky. They were definitely not aircraft uh, headlights, which uh, you know I'm very used to out here in Northeast Ohio, being on the uh, the perimeter basically of our international airport there in Cleveland. So uh, the holding pattern, you'll see these planes kind of flying around in a circle. And when they're 30 plus miles out coming at you, the light looks kind of different. And uh, it can be confusing, but definitely not the case here in San Diego. And there was also speculation that it was drones. I don't know how bright they, people think a drone light is, uh, but there was an event going on or will be going on, I should say, for the 4th of July. So people were thinking these were drones being used in preparation for this event uh, put on by the Imperial Beach Police Department which uh, is planning a drone light show for the 4th of July. I kind of want to see that now. And I've seen some of that. I think uh, Australia did that one year. It was pretty cool. Well, I think uh, China or Japan did that one year, too. I think it was Japan, a light show with drones. Um, so they actually came out, and they stated uh, late last night that the, uh, the lights in the sky were not theirs. So speculation ran rampant all night long, uh, kind of, Stinks when stories happen on Monday night. Of course, I was up all night reading updates from this into the early morning hours. Uh, you know, being a few hours behind kind of stinks sometimes. Uh, the lights were uh, reported mainly in the San Diego area, but also much further north in California and as far south as uh, parts of Baja California in Mexico. So, uh, you know, people thought well, maybe it's a rocket. Uh, there were no rocket launches that were seen in that area, so that was quickly crossed off the list. And initially, uh, military uh, bases stated that this was not them, and they always seem to say that. Then all of a sudden, the next day, it comes out that it was. And I'm I'm always holding off judgment that just because they come forward and say it that it's not them, that maybe it's them, and for whatever reason. They do that. They'll deny it one day. Then a day or two later, they'll confirm. Uh, maybe it's just to keep uh, their aircraft from going to the area or for people to go out to look. I, I don't know why they do that, but they seem to do that quite a bit. Uh, the San Diego Police Department, which has been uh, kind of in the middle of all this, kind of uh, trying to do fact check and quell the excitement and the... Uh, Fear going on with these sightings of these lights off the coast. Uh, finally said uh, this morning, Tuesday morning, that the mysterious lights were actually flares being used for a military exercise. Now, they didn't say specifically which base, but shame on them because they could have came out last night and said all this straight. Uh, but meanwhile, people were losing sleep. Uh, people were up watching this. And people were wondering what was going on if they were being invaded by UFOs or worse. Uh, so I, I don't know why they do that, but kind of shame on them for doing that. But uh, the mystery is solved. So two stories, two solved mysteries. I like it. Uh, I don't like stories that go unsolved. But we've had a few of those this year, haven't we? One comes to mind is that uh, Amarillo Zoo photograph. It uh, was not that long ago. Don't tell me you don't remember that one. It's fairly recent. 
Uh, but like I said, today is June 28th. So we're almost through June, a couple days left. And then we flip the calendar to July and it's officially, we'll be officially more than halfway through the year already. It's scary to think that. That we're closer, we're almost closer to Christmas than New Year's Day. It's getting there. We still got a couple days left, so don't worry. Don't panic. I'm telling myself because I don't want to drive in the snow ever again, but I guess I'll have no choice. Uh, so tonight we are about six months into the year of 2022, and uh, I guess as uh, close as we'll get to uh, halfway. Generally, things kind of wind down. You don't get a whole lot of big things in the month of December. Uh, so I would kind of feel like we're probably more than halfway done, but there's always a lot of excitement. I say pretty much every year, uh, July through September, October, especially with uh, Halloween. Yes, cannot forget about Halloween. Our big season, the paranormal, lots of paranormal stuff always comes out in October. And uh, kind of wait for that. Generally a big month for paranormal news, but we'll see. As we get closer to the fall, I think things are going to definitely pick up this year. It's been a little weak, I'm not going to lie, but uh, we had a pretty big year last year, so I can't really complain. Uh, but we've had some interesting stuff this year, and I'm not really going to do any sort of countdown. I'll just kind of go through the year, talk about a few things that have happened so far. And it's amazing how... Uh, even for me, that uh, you know, I deal with all these stories. I, I look at probably maybe two dozen stories a week or more, uh, probably more, to be honest. And I have to whittle things down to uh, just a handful of stories, probably half a dozen or less, usually less, especially when there's a lot more explaining or I've had to do a lot of research on them. Uh, so it's not really a whole lot of stories when you really step back and look at it per year. I don't usually do 52 weeks of news. I think I've only done that. I've only done that once where I've gone all 52 weeks. It's pretty rare to do that. Generally, I think I hit about what, 39 weeks on average. Um, probably. I don't know. I'd have to look. Uh, but I try to hit about, you know, 42 to 44. That's kind of hard with holidays and just needing time off and, and having to work. You know, the whole job thing kind of gets in the way every now and again. Um, but the, the year started off, um, the year always starts off with news that trickles in from the previous year. And, and this year, uh, no different. Uh, question in chat about China. Does China censor paranormal news? Well, they probably do if it has anything to do with anything political or fear, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not sure about their beliefs. I'm sure China has some paranormal beliefs, some paranormal fears. Uh, but I'm sure some of it, if it has anything to do with politics or that would, again, generate any type of fear, would be probably... Uh, if not uh, censored, at least kicked down in the algorithms. It's pretty sad that you can't have access to stuff. Um, but people have a way to get around some of that censoring, but uh, don't get caught. Don't get caught. I think I have had 
uh, looking at my stats in years past, I do remember that this show has been downloaded in China, so they're not censoring this show. Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a notice. Uh, I'll have to check up on that. Maybe uh, I don't have time now, but I'll look after the show. Maybe we have uh, some more Chinese downloads. That'd be great. Fans of China, I'll keep you guys in, in up to date with what's going on in the rest of the world if I can. I'll sneak some stuff in onto the sensors. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, sometimes these stories for 2022 or the you know whatever year you're in uh, are actually of things that trickle in between Christmas and New Year's or right around New Year's. And uh, this year, no different with the uh, sad passing of longtime UFO proponent Harry Reid. Uh, Reid was close friends with uh, Robert Bigelow, who has obviously contributed a lot to the paranormal through the years. And with his uh, with Reid's position as Senate Majority Leader back in 2007, he pushed the topic of UFOs and helped lay the foundation uh, for where we are right now in acceptance and public discussion of the uh, once completely taboo subject. I mean, I've talked about it here for years. Uh, anytime any type of UFO story has ever been on the mainstream news, it's always uh, probably at the end of the show if they have time. And it's always accompanied with chuckles and the X-Files theme in the background. And it's usually never taken seriously. Well, that's changed. I mean, you legitimately have these news shows that are dedicating the entire show to UAPs and UFOs. So uh, things have changed. And, and Harry Reid is, is really one of the people who has really helped push this into the government and into the dare I say it, mainstream media and into households to get people to uh, realize that uh, this topic transcends all of us weirdos on uh, paranormal shows and news pages. So it's it's not just uh, those crazy people. It's uh, everybody's talking about this stuff. Uh, Reed passed away in his home on December 28th, 2021 of pancreatic cancer. He was 82 years old uh, big show news on january 18th i guess I'm kind of bragging here but uh we had our 500th episode it's so weird i know we're on 520 something 521 is that what i said i forget now uh, but 500 that's a lot that's, that's a lot uh on christmas day in 2021 the uh, James Webb Space Telescope was launched and reached its position about 930,000 miles from Earth and about four times the distance from the Earth than the moon. Uh, it took a few days to get there. So technically, you could say that's a, a 2022 story. Uh, this keeps the telescope in the shadow of Earth. Granted, you know, it's almost uh, a million miles away, but it's still in the shadow of Earth which will help keep its cryogenic systems cool. No, Walt Disney is not up there. Uh, it's just a, uh, a small telescope. Uh, would hate to be inside of that thing. It'd be pretty small, pretty cold. Uh, but they have to keep these systems well below zero just based on the way they work. Uh, so it's cryogenically frozen uh, to provide better views of the universe. Single overheat, basically, if it gets like 20 below zero or uh, 
somewhere around there. It, it overheats. We can't take any pictures. The James Webb Space Telescope will allow us to see further back in history than any other telescope ever launched. Sorry, Hubble. And it's going to be much more powerful than the Hubble telescope. Hopefully, not as many problems either. You remember uh, Hubble was launched. They had to uh, go up there and fix it. Well, you can't do that with the James Webb Space Telescope. It's out there. And um, I'm sure you could launch something to go out there, but uh, probably not going to be too risky. You can't really open it up either at this point. So it is what it is. And if it doesn't work, that's a billion dollars just floating out there. Not as cool as a Tesla floating out in space, but same deal. Uh, it'd be junk. But uh, hopefully, uh, it's already starting to work. It's already starting to take pictures. Uh, but we really have not yet gotten anything from this. And I'll tell you, when the stuff starts pouring in, uh, research actually starts getting completed and papers are put into scientific journals. This is going to change how we look at space. And uh, hopefully it's got a 10-year mission. Uh, the goal is to at least have it last 20 years, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, in early February, we got our first viral cryptid story of the year, which was a 45-second uh, video out of Brazil that showed what was claimed to be a mysterious creature that purportedly wanted to attack the person filming it. Uh, this was taken on a boat, a little boat, it's a little speedboat. Uh, actually, happened to be a fishing boat, but a uh, person filming another person standing at the uh, the back of the boat, of the stern, I guess you'd call that. And you can see the uh, water shooting up from the back of the boat. It's dark outside, and you see this strange creature leaping out of the water. It was going to get him. Uh, the creature had uh, strange glowing eyes, like yellowish eyes. And people were freaked out by this. What is this thing? Why is it trying to kill this guy? Is it going to drag him in the water? You know, you, people were thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to jump on the boat. It's going to attack the people. And it was a lot of speculation. Uh, again, a lot of arguing over what the creature was. The internet experts are never wrong. Uh, but it did turn out uh, most people and uh, experts pointed out that, I'm not calling myself an expert, but I pointed it out as well, uh, turned out to be a seal pretty much looking for food. Uh, I would say the men in the boat knew what they were doing. They had a spotlight on for the creature. It was more than a cell phone light. It was pretty bright. And being fishermen... Uh, in that area, I'm sure they've seen seals before. It's not the first time uh, you go out enough. I'm sure they've seen these things. So they were ready for the creature. And uh, they were already running video. But who knows how long that seal was uh, jumping out of the water behind them. Uh, but I've seen the same thing. I've seen dolphins do that as well. But still a mystery. And still uh, people were talking about that. And uh, people didn't know what it was for a little while. Uh, also in early February, the famed UFO uh, so-called expert, Scott C. Waring, which we don't really talk about too much. Try to avoid his stories because they're all pretty much uh, trash. 
He stated that he found an abandoned UFO in South Africa using Google Maps because, yes, Google Maps have all sorts of uncensored mysteries just waiting to be discovered that are always true. Not. Uh, The interesting thing about the location is that it's close to the area nicknamed the Cradle of Humankind. used to be the Cradle of Mankind. Cradle of Humankind, where some of the earliest human remains have been found. However, um, Krynal Nell, an award-winning architect, uh, got a little mad because he read the story, saw the pictures and the location and everything, and realized that, hey, uh, you're talking about my creation. He reached out to the Daily Star who had published the article and stated that the object is actually a structure that he designed and helped build to cover an important cave site that contains fossils that go back nearly 2 million years. The structure sits above ground on legs and is designed to not only protect the site and those who are digging there, but will also not hurt the surrounding landscape and will eventually be easily removed at the end of the dig. Oh, he was mad. He was mad, and I don't blame him for that. But, uh, yeah, the uh, aforementioned wearing gets a, a lot of media exposure, gets a lot of checks in the mail for his stories, too, even though they're su- usually super outlandish and have no merit in reality whatsoever. But uh, it's kind of funny because when uh, Daily Star puts out his stuff because they call him the world's leading expert on UFOs. But when they published this story of uh, getting pretty much roasted by this architect, uh, they called him a conspiracy theorist, which I thought was kind of ironic since they probably written him more checks than anybody else recently for stories. Uh, Another viral cryptid video uh, emerged in late February out of Australia. They claim to be the extinct Tasmanian tiger, or thylacine. The 44-second video showed a small creature trotting along the side of a road near a sidewalk uh, while it was being filmed from a slowly moving car. Uh, The creature disappeared behind a parked vehicle. Uh, Then we see the passenger get out and uh, does what everybody else would do in this situation. Started chasing the animal, running after it. Uh, which then caused the animal to uh, gallop away quickly. Uh, In the video, you can hear the claim that it's a Tasmanian tiger. Uh, However, most people felt it was just a fox, which uh, they do live there. They were introduced. uh, They're not, uh, don't exist naturally, but they were introduced for uh, the sport of hunting as they were in England. Uh, back in the 1800s. So they do exist there. And it was more than likely a fox with mange. And definitely did not have the markings. Or the uh, gait. Or the thick tail. Of a thylacine. So another one. Bites the dust. A strange story out of Hawaii. Included a large unmarked white balloon. Uh, that was also in February. I was uh, observed in the skies near Hawaii. And you know you see that anywhere else. It's not a normal deal. But 
uh, when you're out in Hawaii, you're out in the middle of the ocean and the Pacific, uh, that kind of stuff shouldn't be there. And you wonder where it comes from. So F-22 fighter jets were launched to uh, get a closer look at the balloon, which, again, had uh, no markings on it. Usually you see a branding or an, an end number so you can identify uh, who launched the balloon. But there was nothing, no markings. And launching F-22 fighter jets, believe it or not, in this uh, area is a, a normal operating procedure in accordance with Homeland Defense procedures. So, uh, again, a mystery. This one went unsolved. We forward to March, where a motorist described seeing a strange-looking creature near Staverton, England. Uh, driver stated, quote, We had been away for a few nights and traveled back quite late. Towards the end of our journey, this was about 2 a.m., we are arriving on a, a road in a rural, in a rural area uh, when something crossed the road in front of us in full headlights for about three seconds. It was about the height of a person, maybe six foot or over, that had short, powerful legs and hips, which seemed to move in a circular, fluid fashion. It was not a deer because it stood on two legs. This was in the Midlands, and the area is traditional rolling fields and woodland. In this particular spot, there are no houses or buildings. The nearest is over a mile away. Unquote. Uh, the creature was described as looking like a half goat and half human. So uh, this raised concerns of a goat man. And remember when we talked about the story, I talked about all the different goat men uh, stories that are well, a lot of them here in the United States, uh, but England also has their own stories of goat man. Uh, but uh, there were a lot of guesses by Internet experts. And uh, one of which actually kind of caught me by surprise that uh, I didn't really think of uh, right away. But uh, a wallaby. And you may be thinking, Wait, what, wallaby? But yes, there is actually a, a colony of wallaby that live in Scotland, although they are uh, very remote and not able to really get off of this island. So they're kind of stuck and not able to uh, get out into the surrounding landscape. However, there are or I should say there have been sightings uh, of uh, wallaby. Let's see, there was uh, 95 confirmed sightings of wallaby in Britain from 2008 to 2018. And looking at the map of uh, the wallaby sightings, there actually a good chunk of them happened in and around this area. So more than likely, they did see a wallaby. And that would explain the circular motion. I don't know why you're looking at the hips, but okay. Um, interesting. Uh, question in chat. What happened to all those monoliths? Wow, that's uh, going back. What was that? 20, 2020, I believe. Those monoliths started popping up all over the place. There was one. Uh, the first one was out in... Uh, 
gosh, what was the uh, park? The Utah. I was out in Utah and got a lot of media exposure. Uh, that was late, late 2020, December, I believe. And got a lot of attention. There was, uh, gosh, they were popping up everywhere in Asia, Africa, all over the world. Uh, Belgium, the one in Africa, they like set on fire. And it just kind of, it was a trend that happened all throughout 2020. Um, so I think that's when it ended was pretty much in December. I think, I think it was just that whole month. Uh, December 2020, it just kind of blew up. It was everywhere, all over the world. People were building these things really quickly, and then it just kind of just faded away. It just stopped. I don't know what stopped it, but it just kind of got ridiculous. I haven't heard of any other new ones, but it was like two months that all this was just popping up, and people were just building them to be cool, and then, yeah, it just kind of faded away. Uh, 2020. I don't think there was any in 2021. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it was all 2020. Um, I don't know. Are they still doing these? I don't think I've seen any. Great. Now I got to look at that. Jeez. Well, let's look this up real quick. So I'll look it up, but I'll keep talking. Um, yeah, half goats. That's crazy. Uh, early March, there was a video of a strange object in the skies over Islamabad. In the capital of Pakistan, well, that was on January 25th of this year, uh, it also created a lot of arguing. Go figure. People are going to argue over everything. And uh, it looked interesting. People thought, you know, this is one of those videos where it's either fake or real. It's either CGI or it really happened. And there's really no in between. And people choose their sides and the gloves comes off and people just start fighting. Uh, it was a 13-minute and 13-second video, which tells me that it's probably not fake. Yeah, if you're going to film something for 13 minutes, it's probably something you really saw. That's a lot of editing. Not saying that that's the definitive, you know, tell-all, uh, but 13 minutes. Now, there's a lot of uh, blurriness, and sometimes you couldn't see it. It just kind of disappeared there in the sky, but... Uh, this, when you could see it, this triangular object never really disappeared. Didn't look fake to me, but it just didn't look real, if that makes any sense. Uh, but when something is high in the sky, it's really hard to get a sense of what you're looking at because there's sometimes there's just nothing to give you a sense of scale. And I think that's what a lot of people were tripping over. Uh, they weren't able to figure out exactly how large or how far away this object really was, but it looked pretty high up in the sky. And uh, again, a strange black triangular object, no sharp edges on it though. And it appeared to be hovering while the person was filming it. Uh, they were uh, landing their drone, so they saw this thing in the sky. Uh, the object appeared, again, to have no sharp edges and way up high in the sky. Uh, however, Scott Brando, of UFO of interest published a, a video on February 23rd that demonstrated that the object was in fact a kite. As around that day, the uh, capital city was celebrating the Pakistan Basant Festival 2022, which includes an annual kite flying festival to celebrate spring. 
The celebration includes flying kites from dawn to dusk. And in the video, there was a couple of times where you saw a, a kite that looked exactly like what we saw being flown. And uh, these kites were flown very, very high in the sky. So to me, that was an easy explanation. And uh, yeah, the kites flown from dawn to dusk. And uh, yeah, we saw the exact same kite in that video. And uh, people were probably testing these out. They were banned the previous year for various things. People were falling off of rooftops flying these things. So you're flying a kite that high. That's a lot of power behind a kite. So, um, you know, it showed buildings packed very close together. Uh, you know, you've seen these in, in movies like uh, Jurassic World Dominion where they're rooftop jumping and all that stuff yeah pretty pretty rare to see that but in islamabad where this uh this happened there the rooftops are pretty close you could probably jump rooftop to rooftop and they all hang out up on their roofs flying these kites and uh, they were banned because uh, of some accidents a kites getting wrapped around things people getting electrocuted or falling off their roofs. so kite safety kids kite safety uh, so I've covered, again, we talked about loose animals earlier in the show, but uh, I've talked about them throughout the years, like I mentioned, uh, the servals, caracals, zebras, uh, tigers, which I didn't mention, uh, being on the loose seems like a lot of tigers. And of course, I mentioned alligators let loose where they don't belong. Uh, but in a city, 100 miles of northeast of Mrs., uh, Memphis, I'm sorry, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, we had a strange animal encounter, and I, I'm always talking about these things like, you know, let's just hope nobody ever gets killed, you know, with these tigers let loose. Uh, servals, which servals are caracals, kind of small, but you don't know. They're wild animals. They could attack people. They have attacked uh, a number of people, uh, including children who were injured, hospitalized over attacks. Uh, but luckily, we've never talked about any of these creatures killing anybody. However, that all changed this year with this incident in Memphis, Tennessee, as two men were killed and sheriff's de deputies were attacked. Well, they unfortunately had to put this animal down, which turned out to be an Arabian camel that had gotten upset at a roadside zoo. Uh, camels will attack people. Uh, they attack each other, and they do use their mouths. They'll grab you by the head, force you to the ground due to each other especially when they're fighting over potential mates. So uh, that zoo had gotten, uh, they've gotten some uh, citations in the past for animals and not being watched. And apparently uh, the only person on site was taking uh, money for tickets and were not in view of the animal at the time. So not good, not good. Uh, back on December 18th 2017 where were you well i could tell you what the sun online was doing uh the sun online was requesting a copy of quote files reports or video files unquote related to the advanced aviation threat identification program also known as atip via the freedom of information act well, it took over four years, but on March 23rd of this year, the Defense Intelligence Agency released some files, which included a whopping 1,574 pages of information 
related to UAP investigations. Of course, some information was withheld within the reports, um, within the, the uh, DIA re- uh, citing privacy and confidentiality concerns, of course, uh, but information dealing with the research into biological effects of UFOs and UAP in humans came out, in particular, a report titled Anomalous Acute and Subacute Field Effects on Human and Biological Tissues, which digs into the uh, alleged injus- injuries suffered by human observers by anomalous advanced aerospace systems. Included in the report are cases of hair loss, headaches, migraines, fever, sensation of cold, nosebleeds, heart palpitations, breathing problems, loss of taste, loss of hearing, nausea, vomiting, dizziness, weakness, fatigue, nightmares, diarrhea, significant odors, dehydration, burned skin, rashes, amnesia. And again, I've said this uh, during that program, I remember, uh, sounds like another day at work. Uh, But then, of course, there is death, the experience of telepathy and perceived teleportation, as well as apparent abduction and unaccounted for pregnancies, which pregnancies got the headlines. Uh, Other documents include how to categorize so-called anomalous behavior with encounters with ghosts, yetis, spirits, elves, and other mythical and legendary entities. There was also mention of poltergeists, crop circles, spontaneous human combustion, and a lot of other strange things that are even stranger than all those. Uh, Much of the information was provided to the government or obtained by them through the mutual UFO network, of course, MUFON, which relies on the general public for its information. So take that as you will. And also back in 2017, we had the uh, strange elongated or cigar-shaped object that was discovered zooming through our solar system. The object became known as Umamua and was thought to be the first interstellar object discovered flying through our solar system. Uh, However, a tweet sent out on April 6th of this year uh, of a memo of the United States Space Command of the Department of Defense from March 1st of 2022 states that another object has now been verified with 99% certainty to have originated outside of our solar system. Uh, it was discovered in 2014. The object in question was a meteorite about one and a half feet across was discovered on January 8th of 2014. Uh, they weren't allowed to talk about it. Uh, the information was pulled from the uh, Near-Earth Object Studies database in the wake of the Umamura sighting. Uh, they had a 2019 study by scientists, but the uh, paper could not have been peer-reviewed because some of the data needed to verify the calculations were classified by the U.S. government. Uh, we had a little controversy in the Loch Ness monster sightings earlier this year. There was a, supposedly the first one, Ian of Fadigan, proclaimed he saw the creature on the official webcam, but two extreme paddleboarders said, no, that was us. And uh, he got all upset. Uh, but we ended up having the first one uh, later on. Um, and then uh, the fourth one was probably the most interesting of the year. A woman filmed what she thought was the monster at 6.21 a.m. for over two and a half minutes from her room uh, high above the uh, Loch Ness area. It's about a, over a quarter of a mile away, though. 
Uh, she thought the object was about 20 to 30 feet long, had a, at least one fin or limb that used to uh, paddle through the water like an oar. And she swore this was definitely the Loch Ness Monster. However, a zoologist who viewed the video states that uh, he could see two objects, which are probably ducks, which uh, caused disturbances on the water, which were amplified by the wind. Uh, others felt the disturbances could have been caused by fish below the surface, and it could have been a combination of both, which caused that perception from the, uh, the window of the Strong ca Castle Cottage. Again, over a quarter of a mile away. And yes, probably the biggest story of the year so far, if I had to say number one, probably this is it. The public hearing on UAPs and UFOs that was led by Andre Carson back on May 17th in front of a subcommittee, the House Intelligence Committee, which was chaired by California's Adam Schiff. Uh, the first public such hearing in over 50 years. And of course, had tons of news covering it before and after and uh, the big news out of that was 400 reports from the military personnel of ufos and uaps at the time which was an increase from the 144 that appeared on the public report released late well i should say mid last year uh, in june and we waited a long time for uh, a couple of weeks later nasa the National Aeronautics and Space Administration announced they were on board with the search for UAP data, which is big news in and of itself because NASA's always sidestepped the UFO UAP topic. Uh, they stated the organization had consulted with other government agencies and would later admit, uh, even though they denied it, they would later admit that they would create their own UAP research office to gather data on the topic. And uh, we mentioned earlier the biggest cryptid story i would say of the year 2022 began on june 8th with the posting of a strange picture on twitter from the amarillo zoo the photo contained a strange looking creature with the head that looked like uh, maybe a wolf a raccoon a lot of people said uh, the chupacabra and it appeared as though it had human-like legs Dozens of guesses were thrown about from the uh, internet experts, uh, but the mystery of the photograph remains a mystery, which is uh, good for the paranormal, but it's annoying for me because I like to uh, figure these things out, but uh, don't know if that'll ever be solved. It's going to go down in, in history as the uh, strangest picture of the year, I think, but we'll see. It's still young, and uh, this story... Uh, it's been carried further than any other viral creature photograph this year, I would say. But uh, we'll see if uh, anything else comes up with this. And uh, we'll look forward to the rest of the year. And, of course, uh, I mentioned the uh, NASA is really well underway for all these things to the moon. And just today, uh, earlier today, uh, 5.55 a.m. Eastern Time. I, I didn't stay up for this. Uh, Capstone launched. Uh, it's a private, privately owned satellite, but uh, it's really under the guise of NASA. This is uh, kind of the first step in getting us back to the moon. It's a, uh, it's a satellite that's going to be in a weird orbit around the moon, kind of an oval-shaped orbit. 
uh, around the moon. It's the first step in a series of steps. Um, there's going to be an outpost. It's going to be a, a, a gateway, it's called. Gateway, a small space station around the moon. It's going to make it easier for them to reach different parts of the moon so they can hide out. I don't know, I guess, hide from solar flares, maybe. I'm not sure. They really haven't explained it too much. Uh, but yes, we'll soon be on the moon again, which is crazy. It's going to be a, a big deal. All these small things, I keep thinking they're going to be major news, but uh, even Capstone really wasn't ca uh, catapulted by the, the mainstream media. But I think it's going to be a big deal once we actually touch down on the moon. I'm excited for it, uh, getting back out into space. Of course, yeah, I do have my ticket punch for that, the Capstone. I, I didn't couldn't make it. But uh, maybe, maybe another time I'll get to the moon. Until then, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, and the hair standing on the back of your neck. And always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. And uh, just before we sign off tonight, just a reminder, no show next week. But uh, we got a long Six months ahead of us. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.